Hi there. Welcome to the Through the Woods podcast, where we have conversations about the difficulties and their effects in the world of music. In this episode, we're having a chat with Nick James. Nick James is a drummer based in Vancouver who performs regularly, records with and tours with artists such as Teresa Riley, Jen Hodge and Bonnie Northgraves, just to name a few. Now, Bonnie is actually how I met Nick whilst I was over in Vancouver. It was literally five minutes after learning his name that we were thrown into opening a gig playing dueling drum solos. I usually endeavoured to not immediately smack my snare after saying hello to a stranger, but sometimes it's very necessary. For me, and maybe other musicians, I think it's incredibly important to have two types of idols. Those with a facility that I would love to achieve, and those that have a philosophy and an approach to music that I admire. So there is an inspiration both physically and mentally from a healthy perspective. Nick really embodies both of these idols for me. Because teleportation is far too expensive at the moment, Nick Barraclough had a Zoom interview with him. Unlike most of the people we've been talking to, you didn't study at a conservatory. Do you regret at all the fact that you didn't have a more formal training? So one of the things about my uh, um, me coming up, when I first started, I, I joined a class in high school and... I was like, okay, I'm going to take this class called Rock School. Like, you learn how to play tunes and stuff like that. It's going to be wonderful. I'm super stoked on drumming, and someone's going to teach me. And then I got into this class, and the teacher was like, okay, you have to put, uh, make a band out of some of your cool with your with your classmates, and you're going to learn some songs. And at the end of the semester, you're going to perform the songs in the school. Okay, see you later. Bye. And I'm like, no one's going to show me how to do anything. What do you mean? I have to figure this out myself. I don't know how to play. <laughs> so. I had to figure it out, and the first song I ever learned was Iris by Goo Goo Dolls, and I have no idea how, but I just kind of wung it, and for whatever reason, that worked, you know? Like, I could listen to a song. If I really got stuck, I would go and ask some friends, but I never, I was able to, to kind of progress. I never felt like I needed to, oh, I need to go to a teacher, I need to go to a teacher, you know? Um, at least in the first little bit, and then when... After a few years into playing, I was frustrated with the fact that I, I felt like I couldn't get any better, like I'd hit a roadblock. And then I ended up going to see a teacher who was a teacher of a friend of mine in school who to me was like, oh, he's the best drummer ever, you know, <laughs> like I can look up to this guy so much. So it's like, I want to go study from this guy. Whoever's teaching him, I want to figure this out, right? And I went to go st- to do take some lessons from him and it was a very discouraging situation. I, I think I, I think at first I did maybe like four or five lessons with him and it was um, like he would mostly just play. He's like, yeah, you know, if you want to do things, you just do this. I'm like, well, I have no idea what the hell you're doing. Like, can you explain what you're doing? You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's, you just got to play, man. You just got to play. I'm like, well, I play all the fucking time. So like, how am I, and I'm not improving. So whatever you're doing, there's something that's missing here. And it got to the point where I think one of my final lessons with him before I stopped was like, like I'm, I asked him a question, like, I'm just really, 
I really, I think I just don't know how to practice. Like what, maybe you could give me some insight on how to, you know, how to, how to practice. Like I play all the time, but I, I don't really, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And he thought about it and he was like, well, if you don't know how to practice, you should probably just quit. And I was like, well, screw this guy. So I just like, uh, that set me on a whole other thing of, I have to, you know, there's got to be more to this. There has to be more things. I hate to think that a different pupil would have actually given up after hearing this from a teacher that they really looked up to. They probably would have never said that if they'd known how strongly it sat with Nick, though. I think that's why it's important to check in with ourselves, especially when educating, because it's the way that information is delivered as well as the information itself. But Nick's infectious joy for the drums and music, as per usual, shone through. I'm not a drummer, but but I would imagine that drumming is particularly an instrument where your technique's so wrong, you need to unlearn it and do it right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which uh, I mean, I've I've had that happen probably four or five times in my playing. I've been playing for almost sixteen years. And uh, there's definitely been huge chunks of time where the worst one was I was really shedding this one tune that had a lot of very complicated footwork in it. And I, the way that I was playing, because I was so concerned about the what I was playing and not the concerned, not paying as much attention as I should have to my body, I actually ended up doing damage to my back and then had practiced this thing for a year and a half and realized I have to start over. <laughs> this sucks. So that was probably one of the worst ones. So in that respect, you could say that, that, that training is helpful in not getting yes. into bad so habits. so one of the things, there's so many layers to it, because at the time, like I was a very frustrated teenager, had a lot of things going on, wondered normal teenage angst stuff, you know. And uh, when I found drumming, it was like the first thing I ever felt like, oh man, I can, I can do this. Everything else I'd ever tried, all my friends were into sports, and I freaking sucked at sports. And then when I got into drumming, I was like, Oh, this is, this is mine. I get to, I can do this. This is going to be my thing, you know? So I didn't, I did think there was like, part of it was like, I'm improving myself. This is exciting. The other part of it is, well, no one can take this away from me. And then having a teacher try to say that like, maybe you should just stop. It's like, no, I'm not going to stop. This is, this is mine. You can't take this from me, you know? It, while I was a teenager, going back to like the, the learning part of it and stuff like that, right? I didn't necessarily learn from a teacher, but I got tons and tons of different dvds i have like probably close to 100 instructional dvds of um i have like a whole library of drum books they're all sitting right beside me right and i read them all like novels i didn't practice all the stuff in them but i read them all like novels right and so and when i would get stuck i wouldn't necessarily have a teacher to go and say hey the thing you're doing right now the way you're doing it can probably turn into an issue later but i might just filled my brain with not right and if i got stuck i would go back right so you so you did train in almost in a formal sense but through the videos and the tutors and so on what you didn't have that so many have had some have benefited by it some have suffered from it is competition rivalry other people mm -hmm. in your class in your year sitting in front of the same tutors and the tutor is saying out of the 10 of you, one maybe is going to make it. Right. You know, so it's, you're, you're being trained to rip each other's throats out. 
basically. Exactly. Now, like, how did there was none of that, you know? And which, was, from the look on your faces, it was was a good thing for you. Yes. But some needed, so you didn't need that impetus, that sort of thing. I there's I'm there's always been kind of like a, you know, because it was one of those like, guys that didn't do it. There's always that, you know, oh, maybe I missed something, you know, like, oh, maybe I should have. Maybe there's like this, there's always, which it, on the flip side has made me obsessed with still adding in new knowledge and new information. I still study like crazy because I always felt like because I didn't go to university, there was this like black hole of stuff that I just, I'm, I'm it's invisible to me. I can't see it, but I missed it. And I have to keep finding it. I have to keep acquiring new books and going on YouTube and getting new DVDs and, and now studying with other people. Like I've been fortunate enough to, rather than study with a specific person or go through a curriculum, I have studied around, I've flown around North America and studied with different people in person that were like bigger name people and stuff like that. Just like more celebrity type drummers. And that's given me kind of a, like another a different approach. And I still want to do that. I'm still like, I I'm, I'm can't wait for uh, having the money and being able to go do it. My favorite drummer in the world does a camp in Germany. And it's like 3,000 euros. So I'm like, I don't have that kind of money, but I want to go do it. It's like a, like a week-long camp. You go and study with this guy and learn a whole bunch of stuff. And that would be great. And, you know, so I'm, I'm still hungry for more, you know. You must have played with and you must play with a lot of musicians who have been to a conservatory. Have have been trained yes. that way, and what's your experience of working with them? Do do you feel I, a difference with them? I think one of the things that's been really interesting about playing with the at least the the people that I've played with that have gone to our our university and stuff like that around here, is that they're all very open, as long as you get it. If that makes any sense, like as long as you as long as you're paying attention to the music, as long as you're you're trying to serve the music and you you show up it doesn't matter how right which i think for a, uh, at least some of the friends that i have that went to the universities and stuff like that there was always this pressure to like if i want to learn how to you know play jazz you have to play like these specific people and they'll have like you know four or five people that you must emulate because that's jazz you know and i think for some of my friends that they were also turned off by that idea because they were inspired by people that weren't this list of five, right? Which is similar for me, right? Like in the, in the drumming world, if you don't sound like Elvin Jones or you don't sound like Tony Williams, you're not a jazz drummer. I'm like, well, my favorite jazz drummer is Steve Gadd, but he's awesome. Like, can't I, like, I also love Elvin Jones. I also love Tony Williams. Like, can't I love them all? Why do we have to be so exclusive? Like all of it's wonderful, you know? It seemed that although he sought non-conservatoire education, Nick felt a need to prove himself by finding the best educators and drummers in the whole world. But when he actually got to jam with these people that attended a conservatoire, they were really open to playing with him. I think elitism can often be an obstacle that we plop in front of ourselves, rather than it actually being how things are. Either that or you may be attending the college where they shot the movie Whiplash. Um, something in their careers that's that's been a problem to get over, whether it was intimidation uh, during their training, mental illness, stress, and so on. They've all survived. They've all been survivors, and they've all gone on to forge great careers. You've done the same thing, but yours was this physical problem with your back, wasn't it? A few years ago, a big stopping block for me was... Uh... 
um, a car accident that happened. I was on the way to pick up my uh, girlfriend from a show, and I was turning onto a one-way street, and I got smoked by a drunk driver driving the wrong way on a one-way street. I was car five out of six. He went bing, 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 smashed into my car, backed into another car. Totaled my car, all the airbags went off, and I was like, wait, what the heck just happened? And um, I took, I was very sore, obviously, and then I took the next, I think, I had to sub out a one gig, that was the weekend, a couple days later, I took like two days off of teaching, and I think it was the following week, I went to go play a gig, and I was setting up my drums, and my back started to spasm. I had to lie on my back. I couldn't I couldn't even set up my drums and the only thing I could think is how the hell am I going to play 3 hour sets if I can't even set my shit up. I'm screwed. I'm totally screwed. And it was so I mean at that point that was a really trying thing because it was it was incredibly discouraging. And I had, you know, lots of, you know, issues with depression afterwards and lots of things, which I've struggled with for a long time, but that, you know, that made it a lot worse. And then the one thing that was interesting is that there's there's other parts that were challenging. It wasn't even just the physical part. It was the the fact that, you know, I, I still wanted to show up and play because drumming was mine. It was my my thing. I wanted, you know, I my love. I want to do it. I want to be there. I felt so lucky to be able to show up and play music with my friends and play music that was inspiring to me. But the, once the music was done, I, I'm like, I got to go home. I want to go take some pain meds and go fucking lie down, you know? So I stopped going to the hangs afterwards. And then I stopped getting calls. And then it just spiraled down from there. I started, you know, it was just like, okay, so now I'm, I'm working less. Now money is now becoming a struggle because this is part of my job. I've, I've built this thing up to actually rely on it to be income. Now, you know, um, we're, me and my girlfriend are struggling so much with money that we have to move into my mom's house. And it was, you know, hopefully, hopefully for two months, it ended up being seven months because we couldn't find a freaking place to live. <laughs> so now it's, which was incredibly trying, not only on all the other stuff that was still occurring. Well, this is now my relationship struggling, which is making more depression. It's just like, holy shit, this is insane. So when we got out of that and moved into our own place, I was like, I don't want that to happen again. So I just started pushing, right? I'm going to go to hangs. I'm going to go to jams. I'm going to start being more present so people remember that, hey, I, I, I can play gigs. Like, I'm out there. I'm going to do it. And which was great. I started getting more calls. I started doing that. But I, I almost had to, like, shut my sense off of how my body was feeling, which has been really crazy with this pandemic and stopping, you know, like I brought, brought a lot of awareness over two months of not playing of like, Oh man, how screwed my body actually is. And I mean, meanwhile, it wasn't like I was just taking all this stuff. Meanwhile, all of this stuff was happening. I was going to a physiotherapist and working with massage and trying to get education on my body, which proved like, in a weird way, it came from a bad place because it was from, you know, an awful accident that caused me a lot of pain. But I learned so much about, you know, talking about technique and how to play and stuff like that from working with a physiotherapist and trying to understand how my body works that no drummer ever could have taught me, you know? So there's, there's always a, there's that silver lining of like, um, even though this bad thing happened and I had to struggle with a lot of stuff. So the education that I got to try to get better actually improved some other things and opened other doors of like, have you ever thought about doing something like this? You know, um, 
like one thing as an example. Most people that play drums, they're right-handed. They play with their right hand leading everything. But the problem is if that case, you have to cross your shoulders a lot of the time. And if I had to cross my shoulders, that would cause a lot of pain and the tension in the ear and stuff like that. So my physiotherapist asked me in a, a, a session once, is, is there any way that you can open your shoulders up more? And I was like, okay, well, if I open up my shoulders, I can't reach, but I can reach like this. What if I start leading left? I'm a right-handed person, right? So I decided to start seeing if I could lead left. So if I'm on the right side of my drum kit, I lead right. If I'm on the left side of my drum kit, I lead left just to keep this open position. It wasn't for a drumming reason necessarily. It was the, it was more for, um, you know, like a, a, a body health thing. It serves no other purpose than body health, you know, but I never would have got that if it wasn't for the accident and then working with physiotherapists and, you know, and so on. But it's that, that's huge. I mean, that, to mm-hmm. change your technique to that extent. It was a pain in the ass. You'd really, and <laughs> you'd had the accident, you'd had the physical pain, which exacerbated your depression that, that was there already, but made that worse. And your circumstances, everything sort of, it was, as you were saying, imploding. Where did you find the strength to pull yourself out of it and to say to this physiotherapist, yes, I can do that. Yes, that will work. Because it sounds like an enormous thing that you had to overcome. I think there's a, a couple layers to that that really helped. Is One, like first and foremost, like drumming has always been my thing, right? It was like, no one can take this away from me. No one just going to screw me over so much that I can't enjoy this thing that was that is mine has always been has been mine for me not for anybody else not to prove anything to anybody else that's the uh, a major part of it is I think I've always done it purely for the joy of experiencing something you know like when you're doing it in the moment and I'm playing I'm not trying to be like yeah check me out I'm awesome or yeah like all these other guys or whatever kind of thing it's like oh man I'm just so happy doing what I'm doing right now and I can't lose this and anybody that invites me to play with them or hires me to play a gig with them I'm always like thank you for giving me the opportunity to show up and do my favorite thing so that passion I think made it really exciting to even though there's this big trial that I have to kind of like overcome right it's the joy outweighed it just enough which was great I think another layer that also helped too is that I've also spent a lot of time, I've been seeing a counselor on and off since I was four years old for lots of different things and stuff like that. The most, the the biggest chunk of time was from 18 to about 22. It was like a four year period where I was, um, I was going to seeing a counselor like every week or every other week. And I think a lot of that time kind of working on myself, but mostly working on understanding yourself and where you're your own insecurities can come from and um, how things that happen in your earlier life can translate into things in your adult life. And you're like, I didn't know those were connected. That's insane. Right. And I think the, um, I, 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 on a whole different note, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people misunderstand about counseling is like, Oh, you're supposed to go to counseling. People say some shit and then you're fixed. It's like, no, it's not a fixing thing. This is a lifelong thing you have to keep working at if you understand how you work and how you developed that'll give you better insight to come up to a any interaction with another human being or with yourself and be like I'm having this feeling okay 
take a moment. Why am I having this feeling? I'm probably having this feeling because of some old shit. Well, do I want to just go with old or do I want to take that information and try something new, be vulnerable and try something new? And that happens every single time. You know, four years of counseling, I'm certainly not done with this pandemic. I've just started to go see a new counselor to try and do this because I'm not done. No, we all have, I feel like it, it's such a miss, just a missed thing that people don't think about. Oh, my mental health can be affecting all of this stuff. So anyway, back to the actual question is I think having that time spent with a counselor allowed me to be able to to look at this stuff honestly and be like, okay, I'm having these feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm super insecure. I'm worried. Like I can't do this. It's just like, you know, you, this is the thought that comes up. Now, what am I going to do with it? So I was able to sit with my own insecurities and kind of talk myself through them, talk through the anxiety, be able to bring the down and then try to work through something else. The other thing kind of, that I was just going to say, sorry, the third component that I think helped out a lot is in my own studies which is something interesting to me that this is not something that I think any other person, especially my friends that have gone to university have ever thought of, is that in my studies, I've come across a couple of different people that look at the building blocks of the thing that you're doing. In this case, we play drums. Drums is a rhythmic instrument. There's actually a finite amount of rhythms that you can possibly play. And it's a hell of a lot smaller than people think. So because I already had this understanding of what are all of the components that I can do, there aren't that many. There's actually 24 building blocks that make up drumming, 90% of drumming anyway. So if I could take these building blocks, I've already worked on this stuff right-handed. Well, I can take these things and I can try to work on them left-handed so that way it'll be super, super efficient. So instead of having to start from scratch, it really felt like I was already building on something that I was building, even though on the outside, it's like, holy shit, you went from being a right-handed person to a left-handed person? How did you do that? It's like, well, it's, it, it's actually more, more in-depth than that and also more simple. Hearing Nick be grateful for every musical experience has helped me re-examine the negative times I've had myself every single time that I've spoken to him. I always go away with a smile on my face. It's also just reassuring to know that even with physical barriers, that things can be worked through or approached in a different way. People who they might be listening to this and, and, and suffering from some anxiety or depression or coping with their training or whether they should play professionally or what they should do. Whenever you mention counseling a lot of people think yeah well, that means you know it's, but you've addressed that it doesn't mean it's all over it means that's going to get you there i mean so many people think counseling is like oh i'm wrong you know something's broken with me it's like hands down people we're human beings we're all broken <laughs> like we could all use some help you know anyway sorry <laughs> but but the but the the point is that uh, not all counselors are right and you've got to know no. when no, that's totally true. I mean, just like drum teachers, like I've gone to see some of the one thing that's great because I didn't go to a specific program and was stuck with one per, you know, private instructor for my entire degree. You know, I've seen so many different people and gotten so many different perspectives. And I've had teachers that have told me stuff and have been like, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. That clicks. I'm going to take that piece. Now I'm going to go see someone else. Okay, that makes sense to me. I'm going to take that. That makes sense to me. Ah, I'm not going to take that one. You know. So I've got to pick and choose the bits that have worked for me. And I think it's the same with counselors. Now, 
because a lot of the times when you go to see a counselor for the first time, at least if they're a good counselor, they're going to tell you, okay, we're going to try this out. And if it doesn't work, find someone else because we just might not click. It's so important to find somebody that might click. And some people might have to try four or five counselors before they get somebody that actually like, okay, we understand each other. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're understanding me. We're like, you know, just like anybody, right? Like there's some people you're going to run into in day-to-day life and be like, I don't get that guy at all. But other people are just like, oh my God, I love this person. Like instantly, they just work, you know? But people don't know that kind of stuff because I think mental health is not a talked about issue enough, you know? The main thing for me was that it was the first thing in my entire life where I felt like I could just sit down and just do it. I mean, just do it playing like boomed, gat, boomed, gat, like the simplest freaking thing. But I had always felt useless in every single other thing I'd ever tried. And that moment was so powerful. It changed the direction of my life. And I, I've tried so hard to remember that, right? What was the thing that made me get into it in the first place? You know, and when things got hard or when things came up or what other stuff, I would always go back to that beginning part. It's like, no, this is, this is your thing. You loved this from the moment you sat down behind a drum kit. Don't lose that. And don't let anybody take that away. Don't let any experience take that away. Thanks a lot for listening to this podcast. As usual, if you'd like to find out more about Through the Woods, the website is throughthewoods.online. This interview with Nick James was taken by Nick Barraclough. The music was written and produced by Oscar Reynolds and was mixed by Mikhail Darwood. <laughs>